Welcome to the Paragon Podcast, where we speak with local charities and changemakers to see how they're making a difference. I'm your host, Anthony Massimarini. Welcome back to the podcast. Our next pair of guests are from Montreal, Canada. I'm especially excited to have them on the show just because they're part of an organization that is working alongside frontline workers during this difficult time. But before I give away too much, I'm going to leave it to Adrian and Diana to talk a little bit more about the ICU Bridge Program. So the ICU Bridge Program is a volunteering and shadowing initiative that was started by two students from McGill University named Adamo and Milanka in collaboration with Dr. Hornstein. So they started this in 2015. It was inspired by a patient named Lauren Alexander, who was in the ICU. And the goal of this project is to humanize the emotionally charged ICU. So the way that we do that is that we add volunteers to the ICU to provide support for families, staff, and patients, provide things like snacks or lend an ear when necessary, and to comfort families in their times of need. Okay. So I know both of you joined the program a little later. So the program was founded in 2015, as you said. Um, and I think Adrian, we talked that you, that you joined in 2018 and then Deanna in 2020. So what each inspired you to become part of this program and, and what kind of uh, drew you in? So I joined the program in 2020. I was a volunteer for my first year in 2019. I was eager to join as a volunteer because I wanted to experience helping families rather than helping patients. So I am a volunteer since 2015 not with the ICU bridge program. And I had volunteered with patients previously and I loved that, but I didn't know what it would be like to volunteer with the family. So I wanted to get that different perspective. So I joined the program and I really loved my experience so much so that I wanted to be on the executive team. And that's why I joined in 2020. I joined in 2018. I was first volunteer as well. I loved my experience. It was awesome working with the patients, working with the families, meeting so many amazing people. And then also the staff were absolutely wonderful too. They taught me so much. Um, I was so appreciative. And then when uh, Rabia, the current head of the volunteer and hospital management team, approached me and asked if I wanted to be part of the executive team, I jumped on it. Like I was... I was so happy with the idea of possibly bringing this kind of experience to other people that like being a part of the executive team was like a dream come true. So yeah, so then I've been part of the executive team since. That's awesome. It sounds like a great initiative, especially for people who want to get involved in science and who have a background in science. I think we mentioned it briefly that the IC Bridge program is a bit more project focused. So you kind of engage in these projects periodically. And, and one of the projects that I really want to shine a spotlight on because it's very COVID focused is the PPE portrait project. So what, what exactly is that? And what was the inspiration behind that? The PPE portrait project is this, the system that we have set up that gets healthcare professionals to submit pictures of themselves. And then we would print and, and deliver that to those healthcare professionals at various different hospitals. Um, we started this program because with COVID, our volunteers weren't allowed to volunteer. Um, they shut down everything. It was only medical professionals allowed inside the hospitals. But we didn't want to just sit idly and like do nothing while, um, while so much was going on inside the hospitals. So we started this program because we recognized that 
when doctors, when um, nurses, they're all wearing their personal protective equipment, you can't see their faces and it could be a very alienating experience for um, the patients and the families. Um, so these portraits of the smiling faces of the medical professionals helps to allow for that extra, that extra bit of warmth, that extra bit of comfort that people need in these difficult times. Um, it was actually inspired by uh, an initiative done during the Ebola crisis by Mary Beth Heffernan. And so after contacting her, we decided to support a similar initiative here during the COVID epidemic. We have so many portraits coming in. We have volunteers who wants portraits. We have healthcare professionals. We have, uh, we have doctors, nurses, like so many people are interested in it and they're interested in the portrait project beyond COVID. We are looking to implement it maybe on surgical wards, especially in pediatric surgical wards where children cannot read name tags and things like that. Um, in perhaps immunocompromised units where PPE you have to wear normally and regularly anyway. So, and I'll, I'll point this out. It's been quite a hit because you have been featured on CBC uh, and it was on Daybreak Montreal. So <laughs> what, what kind of came of that? Not only were we really excited about those opportunities because it let more people know about the program, but also let more people know about the PPE project itself. And we got so many, uh, so many more submissions, so many more portraits, for, and we expanded to different hospitals thanks to those opportunities. So we're very thankful for them as well. I also want to point out uh, when we talked last time, there was a specific place on the body where you place the portrait. And there was a reasoning behind that. So care to explain again? Yes, so the portraits, they're actually smiling portraits of these healthcare professionals. And we ask them to wear these portraits above their hearts. So it symbolizes care from the heart and that warmth that Adrian said before. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I really like that. I, uh, great initiative, honestly, really, really nice initiative. Uh, and that's not the only one. There are, like I mentioned, other projects that the ICU Bridge Program works on from time to time. The one I'm thinking about right now is the ICU Journal Project. If, if you want to talk a little more about that or maybe explain some of the other projects that are, that are in the pipeline. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Hornstein had started a diaries project for patients at the MGH ICU, and he asked for the volunteer support um, bringing the program um, on the ground. And so what it does is uh, volunteers would go in um, and they would write very qualitative journals of what's going on inside the hospital. And this has helped to help ground the patients in reality because a common issue inside ICUs is uh, mental health, it's PTSD, there's even been cases of hallucinations. So this, these are here to show them that there are people who care about them, show them that the staff cares about them, and also help chronicle their experience inside the hospital. So the, instead, of that, instead of results like, oh, you received this much medication this day, it would be things like, oh, this family member visited, um, the Habs won today, you'd be so excited, <laughs> and stuff like that. We, we'd even include pictures if they allowed. Nice, nice. So again, it's, it's very humanizing. Uh, I think that seems to be the common theme for all of these projects. Speaking of projects, uh, one thing we like to focus on in, in the podcast here is, is the idea of impact. So visited the website and I found some interesting numbers that I, I wouldn't mind quoting right now. So the ICU bridge program is active in four hospitals 
over $14,000 raised since May 2018. There's 160 plus volunteers from over seven different universities. Most of those, it seems like in Quebec, which makes sense. And then an estimated 20,000 patients and families helped yearly. I don't know if either of you can speak to those numbers or have any personal stories of, of uh, being able to help some of these families in need. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most impactful shifts that I had at the hospital, I was at the Royal Victoria Hospital. I was just sitting and I would, nobody was really interacting because nobody was really in the ICU until a woman burst out of the ICU doors and she just came and spoke to me, just out of nowhere, spoke to me and told me her life story and told me what was going on and just needed to get that off her chest. And although I didn't obviously provide her any specific advice, I was just there for her in that time. And she thanked me for being there for her and for just letting her unload. And it was just such an emotionally charged, but also beautiful experience where I can just do something so simple as listening and help this person through this time just by doing exactly that. And it was it was very, very different experience for me. You don't expect somebody that you don't know like that to come up to you and just share all of these intimate details with you, but that is what they needed. And I was that person for them. And I just found that it was so crazy. It was really crazy and really special. So I'm assuming this is the role that program expects all their volunteers to take on. If I'm understanding correctly, you're both site coordinators for two of the hospitals involved in this program. What does that training program look like for, for some of these volunteers and what's expected of them? So at the beginning, right before our volunteers have to attend their shifts, they first must go through an orientation process. Um, and during this process, we go over first the layout of the hospital, what their role is going to be, where they're going to be staying, where they can find everything. We give them a tour, but we also talk about the kind of experiences that they're going to be having um, while on the floor. And the biggest thing we stress for our volunteers is that there's always someone that they could talk to. The ICU can be an uncomfortable environment, but it's important to know that the staff is there to support them. We on the executive team are there to support them. If ever they have any questions, if ever they need to um, excuse themselves, uh, they, they always have that. They always can do that. And then the next thing that we always stress is the importance of confidentiality. It's important not to share the information that people hear in the hospital because this is confidential information. However, we do we do go over how to talk about their experiences without giving out that kind of information because we we believe part of the learning process is talking about your experience. It's moving through the emotions and what you learn on the floor. Right. And and I'm sure it is a big learning experience for a lot of these volunteers having to experience a lot of those emotions alongside these patients in the ICU. And, and with that, I kind of want to cycle into probably the most important question here is, is when we talked about the name of the episode in the podcast, we settled on Paragon of Empathy. And, and how has this trait really been integral to the program and, and critical in the program's success? It's a big question, I know. So one way I always thought empathy was really important for our program is because Patients, families, even staff members, they're going through so much and it's important for us to be there to help them, to support them, to understand um, what they're going through and try to find ways to make the, make the experience overall better. It's such a stressful environment and 
even if we could make it a little bit better by offering a snack, by being someone to listen to, even if we don't have all, all the answers for them, um, we do believe that it makes a difference, um, not only in their lives and the patients' lives, but also e even in supporting the staff because it's, it's having that extra help. It's allowing the staff to do their work and still support families' mental health and overall experience in the ICU. And we believe that's why empathy is one of the head qualities uh, we support for the program. You can see the empathy through our side project as well. Our side projects are all within our main umbrella goal of humanizing the ICU and the experience. And I think that that plays right into empathy. So even with our PPP portrait projects and our ICU diaries project, empathy is right there, right at the center. So I think you gave a perfect explanation. Uh, that's, that's great to hear. Uh, again, I've told you this before. I really like the mission. I really like the way you operate on a project basis and love what you stand for. So with that, we, we kind of want to extend your, your contacts to people who are listening. So how can they support your cause and how can, can they connect with you? Our three main ways of communication would most likely be Instagram, Facebook, and the website itself. Um, for anyone interested in joining the program, becoming a volunteer, or donating to the program, or even if you're a healthcare professional, find more about the PPE project and getting a portrait for yourself, um, we would suggest for them to take a look at our website. It's all on there. And uh, if ever anyone has any questions, they could email us or contact us using any of those means. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Adrian and Diana. Uh, so once again, you can follow uh, support and learn more about the ICU Bridge Program and their projects by checking them out on Instagram at ICU Bridge Program, on Facebook at ICU Bridge Program as well or visiting their website, which is www.icubridgeprogram.org. This will all be in the episode description, so don't worry. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and remember, stay happy, stay hungry, and stay humble. We'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to the Paragon Podcast. To ensure that you don't miss an episode, subscribe or follow us on Instagram at paragon.podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.